The Supreme Court upholding the death penalty for the Boston bomber and is getting ready to maybe welcome a new justice. Joining us to break it all down is our legal explanationist, Rich Lankoff, partner at Bryce Downey and Lankoff. Good morning, Rich. Good morning. How are you? So far, so good. Um, you know, the, the death penalty appeals in the past have seemed to, in many ways, fallen on deaf ears with the Supreme Court. I, am, I, am I right to think that they are hesitant to overturn things like that? Well, of course, we've got a conservative majority now, a solid conservative majority, uh, 6-3. So that has a lot to do with the current makeup of the court and the way they're viewing death penalty cases and especially Sixth Amendment issues like uh, that was in existence here. Mm-hmm. Explain that part specifically. Yeah, of course. Well, on Friday, uh, the Supreme Court, as you mentioned, they voted to uh, uphold, reinstate, actually, the death sentence for the Boston bomber, um, Tsarnaev. And uh, the logic was twofold for the lower court having overturned that. So you may recall that a Boston jury had found um, Jokar Tsarnaev uh, guilty mm-hmm. in killing three people in the Boston uh, Marathon bombing, and they had uh, it, penalized him with a death sentence. Well, a s- appeals court overturned that on a couple of grounds. Number one, they held that the judge's pretrial questioning of the jury should have been more extensive, and number two, that the jury should have, in the penalty stage, heard evidence supporting the defense theory that Joe Carr was just a puppet to his brother who masterminded the entire crime because they were involved in an earlier crime. The judge did not allow that evidence in, uh, thereby making the appeal court rule that the death sentence should not be in place because he wasn't afforded his Sixth Amendment rights. Well, on Friday, by a 6-3 majority, uh, written by Justice Thomas, the court, Supreme Court held that that lower court was wrong, that that evidence, it didn't matter that it didn't come in. It didn't violate the Sixth Amendment. He was afforded a fair trial, and they reinstated the death penalty. Wow. Well, and I think it's interesting that Justice Thomas also wrote that he had commi- the Boston bomber had committed heinous crimes. It almost seems like it was a little bit more about the crime than it was about the technicalities. And quite frankly, I think Americans were shocked when they wiped away that death penalty. Yeah. Yeah, there's no question. I mean, obviously, the uh, the degree to which the crime affected the entire city and the country, obviously, that had a lot to do with the original sentence. And uh, Justice Thomas, to your point, calling it a heinous crime. Yeah, obviously, that has an effect. And, and uh, you know, uh, there were arguably some issues on appeal. But, the, you know, because of what a serious crime it was, majority felt that those issues did not amount to reversible error, and therefore they reinstated the death sentence. He's Rich Lenkoff, partner at Bryce Downey and Lenkoff. Staying with the Supreme Court, if you will, we do have a uh, uh, a nominee. Uh, President Biden has put forward uh, Judge Katanji Brown-Jackson and uh, to replace the retiring Judge Stevens. Wait, did I get all that right? There's a lot of names in there. Uh, what do we know about her? Well, she's young. That's a, you know, she's young and African-American female. So those are two important criteria. Of course, President Biden, when he was running for president, pledged that he would nominate 
a, an African-American female, and he held up on that pledge. And the fact that she's young is obviously very important, especially in light of the three most recent justices that President Trump had appointed. These are lifetime appointments, right? So uh, Judge Coney Barrett, for example, um, will be now the second youngest after Judge Jackson is um, is on the Supreme Court. So that's important because, you know, you want your legacy to last for 30 or 40 years. Is that, uh, is that relatively also, new, by the way, Rich? Like the, the, I seem to remember, now that you mention it, you know, being nominated to the Supreme Court, you already had gray hair. Like, there's a, there's a trend towards younger justices? Definitely, uh, especially in light of how partisan the process has become. The justices are now solidly either conservative or liberal. I think gone are the days of, like, a justice suitor who was appointed by the first George Bush and then later became one of the most liberal justices on the court. You're not going to have those justices flip anymore. So the point Mm -hmm. of that is that you want to appoint someone who's going to solidly vote either conservative and liberal and do so for at least 30 years. So age is now a huge factor. Wow, that really kind of makes me sick to hear. (laughs) You know what I mean? It's the Supreme Court. What what happened to selecting a judge based on their experience? It's become a political body. And I know, and it's terrible. So it's so it's less about their youth than it is about their um, which way they lean. Right. I mean, you know, Merrick Garland, who is the current to pre, uh, current U.S. Attorney General, was famously nominated by Barack Obama, and then later, you know, his nomination was held up because of how long Obama had left in office. He was, you know, up there in age. He wasn't, you know, that young. So that was a bit of an exception. But, yeah, for sure, uh, the trend now is certainly to find judges who are qualified, like just Judge Jackson certainly is, but also who will be on there for, you know, quite a number of years. Rich, along those lines, and again, Rich Lenkoff is a partner at Bryce Downey and Lenkoff, you know, all of us go from being different experts in everything. I will admit I don't think I'm an expert necessarily in, in – uh, um, judges and and their qualifications. How can we judge someone? Is it strictly by how they've ruled in the past? Uh, is there another measuring stick? Well, it's a great question. You know, there is no blueprint, uh, according to the Constitution, of how the Senate goes about their advice and consent duties. Uh, you basically have to vet the candidate, understanding that part of the process has to be not asking them and them not telling us how they will rule on the bench, right? I mean, they can give, you know, you could perhaps tell or foresee how they will rule based on prior rulings, but you can't just ask them, nor should they tell you at their hearings how I will rule on a given issue, especially high-profile issues. So you can't even, you know, no matter how much you look at their prior rulings, you don't know for sure how they will act on the Supreme Court, and that's the way the process should be. That said, you know, a judge like Jackson who's been out, on the bench for many years and has actually undergone two Senate confirmation hearings, there's a wealth of information about how she has ruled. So there really shouldn't be any surprises with a judge like Judge Jackson, but you never know. The Supreme Court famously, you know, changes people as we've talked about with Justice Souter. So you'd never really know. And that's the way it should be. You know, there should be some mystery as to how you'll rule. Otherwise, to your earlier point, you simply become a mouthpiece for whatever party nominated you. And do you think she'll be confirmed without much to do? 
Yes, unquestionably she will. I mean, she's eminently qualified. Uh, there won't be, you know, won't be unanimous. Uh, Republicans will. There will are Republicans who will vote for her for sure, but uh, she will definitely be confirmed by the Democrat-controlled Senate. All right. Rich, appreciate your insight. Thank you to, uh, for your time today. Thank you. Rich Thanks, Lenkoff, Rich. he's a partner at Bryce Downey and Lenkoff. Our legal explanation is not only on the death penalty for the Sarnayev brother, uh, but on the upcoming uh, battle for the Supreme Court and the latest nominee.